Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me at hallway, the magic school bus dropout, Charlie Butter. Damn, that was cold, bro. What the hell is that? <laughs> I have to think I, I, I just get a reaction, and that was, that was perfect. I love it. Wow. Oh, it's messed up, man. Well, apparently, I've, that's all I've been doing is coding people lately. I'm going to take a minute here at the top of the show and issue a, a formal apology. Uh, we kind of we were kind of joking around last week about how about the job Tom Dunn was doing on the IW show a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I had some things on Twitter. I've known Tom for 18 years. I was trying to butt the ball a little bit. I went a little too far, and it came off to him apparently. Mm-hmm. I heard through the grapevine like I was trying to bury him. Wasn't trying to bury him. I was trying to have a little bit of fun. I went too far, Tom. If you're listening, I'm sorry. That uh, was not my intention at all. I'm going to be a little more conscious moving forward. Uh, not only what you pay it, how you pay it. I could have said things different way, got my point across, and I want to come off like I was burying him specifically mm-hmm. or including the job he was doing. Tom's been doing this shit. I think I've known him 18 years before I got in the business. They're correctly been around the lawn and correctly still getting booked places. Right. Uh, yeah, Tom's a very good referee, and... When we get into the review, I've got a couple of really minor nitpicks about the officiating. Tom's not part of any of it. Okay. So, you know, honestly, a couple of things that if I wouldn't have been at the show, I probably wouldn't have picked up either. No. Yeah, you were all over the show, all over the camera. So, yeah. lots of uh, nice promotional stuff from the show. Yeah. And my beer belly in full view, I got to get, get, back, <laughs> get back to the gym. But. All right. Well, uh, you know, we've been promoting all week long that we were having guests and we got new segments. So let's introduce our guests for this week. Uh, returning, we have Dalton. Charlie! <laughs> let's rock. <laughs> and making his debut, I am so happy to have him, Austin. I am so happy to be here. You really should have met me go first because I'm not going to top Dalton screaming Charlie into the microphone. That's, that's like how our dynamic works. Is like I'm like, hey, here, here's what it is, and then he's like, ah. Okay, so you're the dick mother to hit Tommy mother then. If we're absolutely 100, percent and Dalton has no idea who those two people. Are. I'm gonna kind of think Austin and I are the only two people listening to the <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah. I, 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 I have no idea right either. So you got you got us. You got us both. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm right there with you, Jayhawk. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, uh, so I guess let's get into what's on IWTV this week because we got a bunch of other stuff to cover, and we'll just kind of get this out of the way real quick. What's on IWTV? Okay, so Tuesday, May 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Pro Wrestling, Action Clash, episode, I believe it's 36. Yes, 36. Uh, Followed by 9 p.m., Heavy Metal Wrestling, Mall Madness, episode 8. And at 10 p.m., Absolute Intense Wrestling, Go For Broke, Episode 7. And on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling, The Road, Season 3, Episode 13. Also Wednesday, premiering at 10 p.m., Paradigm Pro Wrestling, No Hook, Season 2, Episode 1. And Thursday, May 20th at 7 p.m., 
the C4 Mixtape, Volume 57. Friday, we have two shows. We have, at 7.30, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, Terminal Combat, which I will be at. Uh, that's making my formal announcement. What the hell? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go hang out and check out the show. Watch all 37 matches that they have? <laughs> it's only going to take like an hour and a half to get through the show, 37 matches anyway. I'm not going to be... Well, here's the thing. Terminal Combat... The first five minutes is UWFI rules. After the five-minute mark, it goes to anything goes, and it's still only knockout, submission, or, or uh, was it TKO, something like stoppage. that. Yeah, stop, rough stoppage. So it's they might go you know a little bit longer, but there still might be some that just you know don't even make it out of the five-minute mark. So yeah, it's still a sick concept. Uh, also, uh, on at 8 p.m. Eastern, No Peace Underground, Rewiring the Human Body. And Saturday, we have a doubleheader as well. At 7 p.m. Eastern, Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling Battleground. And at 8 p.m. Eastern, H2O Hardcore Kingdom 5. And that's what's on IWTV this week. Yeah, I'm very jealous of you going to Terminal Combat. I don't even think I can watch it live. <laughs> and you're going to be at the damn thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go travel with some friends and uh, go do that. So taking take a little vacation day Friday. I was going to say, today I learned that there's something called Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling, and I'm going to go seek that out and watch every episode because that's the coolest name for a wrestling federation ever. I'm pretty sure we covered one of their shows. We have. Uh, they're interesting. That that show actually I think is going to have uh, front of the show Everett Connors on it, so I might actually check that out too Ooh. eventually. Yeah, so. Nolan Edwards versus Everett Connors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they, uh, Dan Housen's been on a couple of their shows from i want to say 2019 i don't think he obviously didn't do much in 2020 but yeah so lots of interesting stuff too busy with conan (laughs) yeah eventually he's gonna not remember uh my my name or anything anymore when he sees me so you know i'm slowly (laughs) getting there it's almost an achievement though you're like you know you don't you you knew my name once and you don't anymore yeah (laughs) good on you i mean he's he he used to know how to spell my name and now he doesn't remember anymore so like i said it's slowly getting there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was teasing him about it. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. It's, like, it's what happens, man. Like, I'm just, it's nice that you still recognize me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you guys have a nice show uh, that we like to promote on here from time to time. So uh, why don't you guys we really appreciate that? Yes. That's amazing. Uh, well, I love it. I listen every week. Usually I throw it on when I know I'm going to go sit in the line at Dairy Queen for about 45 minutes. And uh, I sit there and I listen to you guys just chat and I don't get great signal there. So I can't like hit you guys up and be like, oh, this is so funny and stuff. But uh, I definitely sit and listen to it there. And like anytime I travel on the weekends, like anywhere I'm going, I throw it on just uh, to have you guys with me in the car. It's nice. Oh, I appreciate that. We're always with you, Charlie. Yeah, so I mean, we we got a podcast, a little podcast. It's it's in its infancy still, called "If You Catch My Grift," or as Dalton says, "If You Catch My Grift." And we talk about grifters and charlatans, and we figured, hey, you know, we're both wrestling fans, and there's a whole lot of con men and and <laughs> charlatans in the wrestling world. Well, that's how I was born. Was yeah, it, like, from wrestling. <laughs> It's like, hey, what we we love a carny sport. Let's talk about other carnies that are outside of the sport. <laughs> and so that's that's how it came about. 
And so today I actually brought a very mini tiny grift, which I've it's it's grift adjacent. It's about a television slash hotline psychic and they're running very directly with wrestling and it's very much in my wheelhouse i remember when this was on the tv live and i was like what is he even as a kid i think it was 14 when it came on i was like what did i just see like what is this and i don't think there's going to be any way for me to fit it on our podcast but this seems like the perfect crossover um does anybody on here jayhawk i'm totally looking at you know who gary spivey is Oh God, Gary Spivey! Fuck. <laughs> here's here's the, here's the wrestling tie-in. Here's the wrestling tie-in. They did a thing with Paul Orndorff where he for where, where he was on a losing streak, and Gary Spivey comes up and like, just look at yourself in the mirror. You're Mister Wonderful, and he got a confident back, kept looking in the mirror. Yes, that's a hundred percent it. It was <laughs> yeah. Paul Orndorff got back into wrestling in the early '90s after he left wrestling to run a bowling alley. Not. That's a real thing. That's a real thing, yep. <laughs> and so he mid, he was with Pretty Wonderful for a little while, which was with uh, Paul Orndorff. And then after that, he just kind of drowned in the mid-cards, had a losing streak. And then he there's a backstage segment where he's in the locker room beating himself up, talking into a mirror. And suddenly this guy with a giant white <laughs> Brillo pad on his head. And I mean – Look look this up because this is absolutely clownish. He called it the microphone for the gods. Like that was. was <laughs> oh, my God. It is this giant fake looking white, not even an afro. I don't even know what it was. It was like a helmet head. And he bursts in. And I, I don't think it's going too far to assume that, like, I, I think Gary Spivey is I mean, Southern. I think he's a he's a little effeminate, and he just comes in and gives <laughs> Mister Wonderful this pep talk about how he is wonderful. Okay. After all, you are wonderful. Okay, so I wish we had video of recording the podcast right now. I'm about to show Charlie the guy picture. Well, please do. <laughs> he looks like a Q-tip. <laughs> I will share this on our Twitter. You should, because this is not just like specific to WCW in the 90s. As crazy as that was, this is how he dressed all the time. He did like appearances no. and he did commercials and his thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so he was on one episode, one segment of like WCW Saturday Night. Did you see it, Dalton? <laughs> yeah, I just pulled it up. <laughs> so he always did this. And I, I, I went back and I tried to look and see if like somehow his hotline was Turner affiliated. I was like, where did they get this guy? Like, why him out of everybody? Or was he the only one that said yes? I can't I can't find any sort of obvious link between them, but there he was. And he gave uh Paul Orndorff a, a good pep talk and it turned Orndorff's fortunes around. Orndorff got a brand new theme song, which I'm going to say right now. I know there's a lot of people who liked um, Bobby Roode's Glorious. That was like a big thing. But Mr. Wonderful's wonderful theme song, which you're going to have to play at some point in this, Charlie, is the greatest theme song that's ever been in wrestling. It is so awesome and so bad and everything about wrestling that I love. Um, And he carried around a mirror. Like Jayhawk said, and he would like pep talk and he'd be like, I am Mr. Wonderful. I am Mr. Wonderful. Uh, And he got a little push. Sadly, it didn't last. But I just thought I was like, this is like the perfect like clash of wrestling and psychic hotlines, which we deal with on our show. (laughs) And it's 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 amazing. And it's so weird. And it would never happen. Well, 
I don't, it might happen today. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that is it. 95 WCW running wild. Yeah. I had blocked it out until you mentioned that name and it's like, just clicked like, <laughs> Oh fuck. That's, that's ridiculous. And, yeah. the, and the only reason it didn't last, and the only reason it didn't last that long, and Paul fact actually had a career-ending neck injury, like during the heat of the angle. Okay. But, yep. Yeah. That's right. Yep. We're not not too long after was- he broke the mirror and started screaming, "Not seven years, bad luck!" Like two weeks later, he broke a fucking neck. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> go, go, for, go, for, go, go for fulfilling prophecy, shit. Oh my god, that's horrible. I didn't remember that bit. That's amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, I was a big WCW kid, so I, I have a lot of fond memories of this absolute, some of these absolute garbage angles. <laughs> I'm just like, but I love it, but it's mine. <laughs> Can't even blame Jim Hurd for that. Look, well after Jim Hurd. Yeah, this is well after Jim Hurd. <laughs> Look, during the Bischoff era. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, that was really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's curious, though. You really... need to find that fucking theme song at some point. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'll you clip can find it in. It on YouTube. And if you can't, I'll send it to you. It's really good. Yeah, I'll clip it in right here for everybody. You know, I hyped this up. We got lots of uh, interest in it. I think it's time we uh, debut a new segment. And and Jayhawk, you know how much I hate my postal service here in Cortland. Yeah, uh, after the incident I had with John Rankin book, we didn't talk about on the air, but I told you about in depth yes. that day we recorded. I'm right there with you with mine. As well. Yes. So it's taken a really long time for the postal service to get us these letters, but uh, I have received a letter from a, a uh, professional wrestler that we're fond of. And uh, the new segment on the show, well, here it is. Letters from Levi. All right. So I sent a letter to Levi asking him, what was the day like on the farm? And he responded, uh, Charles, it's always a great time. I wake up to check on all the animals we had, whether it was horses, cows, chickens, goats, and so on. My dog would always be with me, helping round up the cattle through the day. It can be a lot of work if you aren't used to doing that kind of work, but I always enjoy it. And I'm going to send him another letter, and uh, hopefully we hear back from him by next week. So that was uh, the first letter from Levi. I like it. I think it's going to work. I think this would be fun. That's pretty amazing. And I got a lot to say about Levi in our next segment, so I'll reserve it for then. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's jump into uh, the next segment. 
the weekly review. Alright, our review this week. AIW, and that's something you might be interested in, which took place on April 30th from the Odeon Concrete Club in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. Charlie Butters and I were there. Dalton and Austin, you guys watch on IWTV. So it's going to be some unique perspective on the from all sides, I think, here. And my answer to that question is yes. This is definitely something I'm interested in. So, Jayhawk, <laughs> let me tell you something. About a week ago, whenever Charlie's wanting to figure out what show we wanted to interview, he texted me in Austin and he said, I don't know, man. I don't know if we should do this show because Wrestling Cheers is doing this show. At Odds of the Wrestling is doing this show. I think me and Austin bring a unique perspective to this because we're new AIW viewers, right? And speaking towards Wrestling Cheers, I love Justin. I love Stacy. I like Brock. I can't wait to taste his food when we're in Ohio June 18th. I think the, those people are AIW fans. They, whenever you, we know what we're going to get from that. Me and Austin, we're new AOW fans, right? So we're going to come with a unique perspective. So I'm really excited to get to this review segment and see how things go. And I, and I think that's the main reason we decided we were going to go ahead and do this show after all. Yeah. With that that purpose. Not only the not only different perspective of two people who were there and two people who weren't and just watched TV, but the fact that you guys are newer fans, you're not as ingrained with the character and the storyline as we are. And I think that does make a unique dynamic. Yeah, I was just say it's the reason I was horrified to do this because I was like, "Boy, I'm gonna get exposed." <laughs> People would be like, "You're not really a fan," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I am. I just, you know, I just, am, I don't watch everything, but I like it." Well, that's you know, I, I knew everybody else was going to be doing it, and that's why when it came up, I'm like, "Well, it doesn't matter." Like, I try. I respect, you know, I I cut my teeth a lot with wrestling cheers, uh, doing a lot of AIW stuff, and so we don't cover much on IWTV guide. We probably have a pretty decent crossover. Um, but I think that there's enough people that maybe don't listen to wrestling cheers that might want to hear our side of things. And, you know, I'm not doing either. I didn't do either of the reviews because we're doing the, the weekly stuff with uh, go for broke. So I was like, well, if they're not, they don't, it won't really cross over much because you won't hear me talking on both about it. So, and then I was like, plus you guys have that unique perspective. So I think this could just be a lot of fun. And uh, no, I, I'm excited. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I, I figure, you know, this is uh be, be a nice intro for you guys to cut your teeth on. So for sure. All right, Jayhawk. Okay. Our opening match, friend of the show, Levi Everett, taking on friend of everybody, Ryan Kaplan. Man, I fucking love Kaplan. <laughs> that dude is right up my alley. Let me tell you, man, like just, his fucking size is a fucking hoss and he like throws all caution to the wind and Duber's laying into Levi. And I'll just, I want to see more Kaplan. I want to see Kaplan everywhere. I want to see Kaplan down here. I want to see Kaplan in fest. So I can go see him in person. I want to see Kaplan when I go up to see AIW June 19th. Like I cannot get enough of Kaplan. That dude is, it feels like with this and I know we're not reviewing that show, but from the show like the day before, mm-hmm. that dude is that dude rules. <laughs> yeah, this is my this is my first experience with Kaplan as well, and I I will say this: um, Levi Everett is my partner who hates wrestling's favorite wrestler. He loves the Amish gimmick. He loves the churning butter. He cracks up. He thinks it's the funniest thing on the planet, and loves Levi Everett. And I'm just like. Everybody I've shown you that he's your favorite. And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. So I am 
a big Levi Everett fan as well, but also by proxy, you know, I have to cheer for him, but then Kaplan. And I was like, Oh Lord, this is, I, I wrote nothing pretty about this match. And that's why I like it. I'm a big Haas wrestler fan. And you just go in there and beat the hell out of each other. I love it. Yeah. There was a bit in the beginning where Levi just kind of like broke the butter churn. And I thought that was great. Like there's just this big dump, not, not dumb. This big oaf just coming in like, Oh fuck. I just broke your butter. Here you go. Sorry. I thought that was great. Uh, Austin, have has your partner seen uh, Levi's gimmick table? No, never. I have he a photo for you. You should send it to me. I'll send it to. I'll send it to Chris. Or I'll show him because he's he's not. I I he has vowed not to go to a wrestling event in a certain amount of years, and he's way past that, but still refuses to go. So that's just my life. I think uh, if he sees it, he'll he'll love it even more. He'll love <laughs> Levi even more because it's 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 amazing. I've never seen Levi live, so yeah, I, this will be a treat for me as well. Yeah, th- this match was uh, coming on, you know, t- to open up. It's going to be hot. I think we had two dark matches on the show, right? Um, but opening the pay per view, uh, you know, with the, with the everybody being able to see it, plus you know the live crowd, you know, is already kind of warmed up. This was the way to do it. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I I will always root for Levi. He ever since I've seen him, I think it was my first time I ever saw him was, I want to say it was like UXWA. Yeah. Uh, UXWA show. And he, uh, he was awesome. We got like super into like doing the whole churn thing. Um, actually I take that back. That wasn't even the first time this I saw him. I saw him at bizarro. I think, uh, when I went out to bizarro or maybe, I know the first time I called, we reviewed a show he was gone, and I had I got the laundromat with my fiance, and I called him come out to fucking Willie Nelk, and I'm like, Jamie, you have to see this. <laughs> and she doesn't like she she tolerates wrestling, she like going to show, but she won't watch it on TV. She can avoid it. Yeah. But I'm like, you have to see this. Like, I don't want to. Come. Like, you have to see this. I don't know how to describe this. I need to tell somebody. Like, you have to see this. <laughs> Yeah, I want to say it was bizarre. It might have even been before that. I might have seen him at Black Label Pro, but I fell in love with him as soon as the first time I saw him and he came out and shook everybody's hand and then he did the whole churn thing in the ring. And like, you like, I know, like the the, the big thing for me was I heard like that he would never get like a, a fair shot in AIW. Like he would never be used. He would never, you know, show up on any shows. And after we the the reaction he got a couple times at AIW shows and we got the whole churn chant going and everything like that. He did the, um, at the beginning of last year, he did the tryout show and he was in the, in a scramble match. And when I knew that he made it is when he was going through the crowd, like going around shaking everybody's hands, John Thorne specifically got in line at the barricade to shake Levi's hand at the end of the, so as soon as I saw that, I was like, Levi's a made man. He, he will have a job here. He will, he may never win a title, but he will work for this company and get on shows. And I was like, that's all I ever wanted because I love Levi. I think that he is just that consummate baby face. And no matter what you do, he's just a lovable character. And Kaplan Kaplan, I've seen a handful of times. I love Kaplan. I love this resurgence of Kaplan and just him being fucking crazy. And I loved him on the Pod Van Dam uh, podcast oh, that God, they that did. Was it was one of the <laughs> so longest good. episodes, but he made every single question feel important. He like he has a, just an amazing talent with people, and I think that that's going to translate so well for him. 
the, as long as he wants to do wrestling. And I think that that's huge. That's just, I mean, I can't wait to see him everywhere and be like, yeah, that's, that's our boy from Ohio. That's Kaplan. Yeah. I 100% agree. I don't think Everett needs a belt. He's not that kind of character. He's like a, he's a WWF, you know, eighties, nineties character, but like done for 2020, 2021. Like he's got enough of an edge where he's really, really cool for and and just so kick ass. And yeah, Kaplan, man, there's something about that guy. You could just, the, he's got that it thing, that it factor, whatever it is. It's like, when you see him, you're like, wow, this guy's cool. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, it's not coming out in a slick wardrobe or fancy tights or anything like that. He just comes out and beats ass and doesn't, you know, like that's all you need to do. A lot of times, like you just come out and punch people and throw yourself around the ring and make it look real. See him come out and, you know, it's about to go down. (laughs) Yeah. Cause like, I feel like from now on, whenever I see Kaplan, like I'll think, Oh fuck, this is going to be a fight. Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this match was like, an example of that it was everything he needed it to be for our opening match just hard hitting straight to the point no bullshit and just it was great and in the end yeah, it was, in the end it was Kaplan getting the win kick minute and 35 yeah so all that in six minutes too that was uh just a hot open man it, it felt longer in a good way yeah and it was the perfect open yep what do we have next Jayhawk all right from there we get the new tag team of nine to five the aggravated accountant and the bitter banker taking on bulking Keegan of Chuck Stone and Arthur MacArthur. So Dalton, tell me how big did you fucking pop when they hit that tag team combo, uh, the skull crush along with that backbreaker on the powerbomb it's backbreaker. Like the fucking iron claw thing? Yes. Oh man. Out of the corner. Fucking rule. <laughs> I, I went insane. That was so brutal looking like holy fuck. Uh, I, I wrote in my notes. So I was like, "Why in the fuck?" And that was that was the uh, spot I was referencing. <laughs> I had I a like, feeling. That sh- yeah, that shit was nuts. I would I would never ever ever take that. That that uh, But it ruled. It was awesome. I loved it. I I know that they're heels, and I know that they have to have like this annoying right to censor theme, right? <laughs> but I was like, man. I'm a little, there's a part of me as a major Dolly Parton fan that was like, it's like a baby fake song though. Like they couldn't go. I know. I know. It's, I just wanted it for me. I was like, I don't care about the crowd. Like just be a, like a heel tag team with a face song. And I don't know. That was just me. Also, I just wanted to trigger Dalton. Cause they, you know. <laughs> I, I, I believe we were told that it was talked about at one point, but they decided that the alarm clock noise was much more aggravating. He, he was, that was right. That was the proper decision. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, I thought this was going to be a squash at first. I'm like, what's happening? Like this is like, I was like, okay, we're getting this weird, like random tag team. And they're not, they weren't acting like, you know, I couldn't really tell who they were. And uh, I was sitting next to Stacy, and Stacy's like, I think I know who one of these guys is. He's like, but I'm not sure. And then, like, the match kept going and going and going. And then we could hear them, like, bang for them to, like, wrap it up. And I actually, when I kind of had two minor critiques of, of the officiating, yeah. Vic was one of them. And I don't know who the referee was. First time we've seen him at AIW. Mm-hmm. Not the guy who did a go for broke, a different guy. 
his earpiece was dangling down by his shoulder. He didn't have an earpiece in, like, at all during the match. Okay. So they were probably calling for that to go home, like, minutes before. Mm-hmm. And he didn't hear it because he didn't have the earpiece in. Right. That's a learning moment more than anything else. I don't know if it fell out. He didn't realize it fell out. That's possible. I mean, that's possible. Because I didn't even notice from where I was sitting. So you being on the stage, you were able to see it a little bit better. Yeah. But 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 you can get ready to kind of look up at that banging. And you can Steve Guy at that point coming to the ring and kind of making motion to go. Yeah. But... But I'm with you, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a go for broke type wash, two, three minutes, we're out of here. And we had about that six minute mark. I'm like, okay, it's never going to end. Yeah, it felt like it just really started dragging. I'm like, what's going on? Like, th- these must be somebody important because this match is going on and on and on. And then they won, and I'm like, okay. And then we got the I, reveal. Yeah, no, I, I see, I didn't get the reveal because I haven't been following AIW enough, so I didn't know who it was. But I thought, I was like, oh, this is cool. This anonymous tag team, they're either going to get squashed or they're going to dominate. And neither of those things happen. And I agree. I think it, it went on a little too long. And then the reveal happened, and I was like, well, I, I don't know who these are, but that's me. I don't blame anybody else. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was oddly paced, and that wouldn't surprise me if it went longer than it should have. Yeah. Go. yeah. I feel the same way. Like, I feel like it went way too long. There's one point in my notes I wrote down, this match should have been over because it just dragged so much. And this is going to be one of my only critiques on this show. Spoiler alert. But I, I don't know, man. Like, and as a new fan, I guess it didn't really hit as hard as the reveal at the end. Lewis Linton and what's the other guy's name? Jack Verville. Jack Verville. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know who they are. So it just kind of fell flat in the end. Yeah, well, Jack Verville's not really been an AIW guy, although he worked in the area before. Lewis Linden was our guy. He was the captain of the ship. He was like the ache of the company for a while. Yeah, right. he's basically if like a lot of the time, like if somebody came in uh, like a, a special guest, they usually wrestled him. So like Zack Sabre Jr., Kevin uh, Steen, those kind of guys, like he usually wrestled those guys. Uh, I think he wrestled Ultimo Dragon uh, when he was oh, wow. there. So yeah, he... But not Matt Riddle. <laughs> but not Matt. No, Matt Riddle was not a fan. <laughs> so how long had be had been gone before his return? He was at the shows. I want to say he was at he was teaming with his other uh, his partner in this team called Aeroform. They were still like teaming off and on like in 2019 into 2020. So like I want to say Jaylet weekend the last time we called them, but I could be wrong on that. Okay. I, I could have swore we saw him in the in the the fall too of 2019. We might have. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent on that. Yeah, not not in, not in 2020 at all. Even pre-pandemic, I don't think he'd be on yeah. either of those shows. But yeah, so it was uh, it was kind of interesting. So I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. Like, are they going to end up? You know, as a team now, they've revealed themselves. Or are they going to stay with this? And like, I don't know. This would be interesting. I will say this. Uh, back when we reviewed the Southern Underground Pro Show with Jay Gold and Justin Summers, available in the IWTV archives, you, I, I said that I didn't really get Arthur. I didn't like the poses. I didn't like strongman gimmick. But here, I really liked Arthur. I liked this version of Arthur a lot more than the version I saw on Southern Southern Underground Pro. So I just feel like if I see more of this, like I could really, really get into Arthur and uh, this tag team. Yeah, there's a different level to him uh, as a tag team uh, partner rather than just Arthur by himself. And uh, it's it's very inner. Like I said, he's just a crazy man. I think that he just sometimes, you know, he's with us in, in 2021 and other times he's he's in the 1900s. So, 
Yeah, for what it's worth, I had my 14-year-old daughter with me at this show, and 9 to 5 promo was like the one time she really got into it and like actually like yelling and screaming. Like for whatever <laughs> reason, that got heat with her. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That, like she's, honestly, that's all you need. Yeah, like everything, everything else, everything else. She, she was watching the show, like she was interested in everything. But that's like the one time she really got animated and like really started getting active <laughs> as a fan. I just struck that kind of struck me in God. But it hey, was that's what it's about, right? Exactly. And it was that's nine what, to five, getting the win, ten forty two, the time of the fall. Yeah, so it was only a ten, like almost eleven minute match, but it still felt like it. Ugh. After about six minutes, it, that that last four definitely dragged. Yeah, and I really feel it was supposed to go kick. I I honestly believe it was supposed to go kick, but. All right. From there, we get our women action of the evening. Jocelyn Navarro against the returning AK-47, Alec McKay. Man, is Jocelyn Navarro, like, is she, like, a well-known name for you guys? Or is she new, or what's up? She is fairly new. She comes out of the mega school in Illyria. And she's now training at AIW. And now training at AIW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and she, just, she, just actually, she actually made her debut in the Indianapolis show in the fall for AIW. Wow. She's good. She's really good. Like she's like a tiny little hoss. I love it. <laughs> and I, I mean, I love Allison K and I love this sort of, not even sort of this veteran status that she's assumed in the Indies and not, I mean, she's not signed with any of the bigger, you know, federations brands and she's just going out there making people look great. And I love it. And she, uh, I will always have a soft spot for her because she roasted my ass on Twitter a few years ago. I mean, absolutely devastated me. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, I'm fine with it. I'm good with this. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the entire match, she ripped out Jocelyn's fake eyelash and like, Dr. Great and started eating it and the crowd started chanting, you pick fuck. You pick yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh, dude, that was brutal. Like on TV, like you can see, like when she holds the eyelash stuff, I was like, oh no. Just because, like, I have a wife that's really into that kind of stuff. I know how much work goes into, like, gluing stuff like that in place. And I'm like, oh, God, that had to hurt so bad. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And that was, that got a, a rise out of me, too. I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's brutal. I mean, I, I was I was so impressed with Jocelyn. But I think the best thing you could have ever done is put her in a ring with Allison Kay. That I mean, it, there's, there's, like, Allison Kay's ability to elevate people, it should be talked about a lot more yeah, i think are actually my favorite type of match like on any independent show when you get a young up-and-coming talent like jocelyn taking on someone that's a veteran that's been complaining mm-hmm. i mean alan kincaid former nwa women's champion and you you put somebody like jocelyn with somebody of that caliber jocelyn can't help but improve just yep. by being in the ring with her 100 percent. and that's that's i mean it's good that allison acknowledges that i don't know if i mean she has to right if she wouldn't be put into this situation. Like she's got to know that that's her, that's her job or that's her role now, or that's mm-hmm. what she's accepted as a role. So I love it. I think it's fantastic. I'm so happy about that. Okay. Go. I got, I had two minor nitpicks about the officiating here. Here's the second one. And this did not come off on camera, but I did rewatch this. Okay. When Alec and Kay got the pin, Jocelyn's toe hit the middle rope the way she was being covered. Okay. It gave you missed it. It happened. He wasn't looking forward. He's looking for the shoulder with the finish. Right. Um, again, not faulting a keeper for that at all. Something I caught because I was like right there, right in my line of vision on camera. Couldn't even tell it didn't hit that. It hit the rope. So, yeah, I didn't see it at all. Yeah, that's the, that's the downside of being on the stage. I picked up stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do we have next? All right. So out comes me at corner. And then we hear the old FBI music and everybody's going, this must be Guido. No, it's not Guido. It's wildfire. Tommy rich. 
I popped. Just warmed my heart so much. Warmed your heart? Man, yes. I was screaming. I was so happy to see <laughs> Wildfire. I lost my mind. <laughs> I think we cut Jayhawk off. <laughs> no, saying, bud? no, no, I, I, I popped hard for this. I don't know... I don't know how anybody else reacted to. It. I don't know how many people recognized him. Quite honestly, I, I didn't know who it was until. And then, like, I think Stacy might have said something because I sat next to Stacy and Ron, and uh, or, or Pat. Uh, but yeah, they. I think one of them mentioned who it was, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense," because they said it was like a J Lit level surprise at some point. Yeah, he's a J Lit level guy. So yeah, that uh, I realized. I'm like, okay, I don't have frame of reference really for him. Like, I the name sounds familiar, but. I could, if you gave me like five guys that were all blonde and, and you know and older, I couldn't have probably picked them out of a lineup. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Rich, the youngest ever NWA World Heavyweight Champion, won had about for four days in 1981 at the age of 21. He's 51 years old here. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel bad for mentioning that out loud, but it's been 40 years. Like I don't think I'm. I don't think he's younger than Fonzie, if you can believe that. Well, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tommy Rich, man, he was great as Wildfire. I hated him when he was in the York Foundation and WCW as Thomas Rich. Um, but yeah, he was a—he wasn't even the shortest NWA champion at four days. Oh, uh, uh, well, at the time he was. I know been, well, Rhino had two, I think. At one, somebody had somebody had a two-day reign. Wasn't um, I think when Flair lost it in Japan, even though it wasn't acknowledged. Um, there was there was a short there was like a two day which was Flair and Harley I think in like Singapore maybe. Okay, yeah, I thought there was one that they never acknowledged or a couple that they didn't acknowledge that were shorter than Tommy's. But if, you, Tommy if we talk about credit. all the t- if we talk about all the times that Flair lost the match, like what can play in the loop for various reasons, we're probably looking at like a thirty time world champion in Ric Flair too at this point. So. That's tr- that is true. Like how far how far do we want to take that? But <laughs> that's true. AIW. We'll <laughs> yes. So well, Mance Dave, Warner, go I can a, keep going. Mance Warner, go on another tangent. Wildfire the Tommy Rich. Warn, the reason I said it warmed my heart was because my grandparents are wrestling fans, old wrestling fans, not now wrestling fans. And we live in South Georgia, right? And when I was growing up, my grandparents were telling me stories about going down to Tallahassee and Gainesville and up to Atlanta to watch wrestling. And they mentioned three people. They've mentioned Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, and Tommy Rich. So whenever I was watching this, I was thinking like, man, my papa would fucking love this. Like, it would be so cool to show him like in 2021, this dude's still doing it. Oh yeah. And I, and I gotta say, Mance looked overwhelmed. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, just like, uh, I was so excited to see him as, and he's a WCW guy. So why wouldn't you be? Yeah, well, the the bell the bell rang and the crowd cheering a little bit, and Mance looking looking around the crowd, going, "I love this shit." <laughs> yeah, nope. For sure. It was great. And then the match goes off about a minute and forty seconds when out comes Duke, the Bitcoin boy, and Ethan Wright. I love how they played this, playing off the fact that Ethan Wright is like a Harley Race trainee, and it was great that Tommy Rich beat for the NBA World Title almost forty years to the day, April twenty seventh, nineteen eighty one. Yep. And then it's like, yeah, what well, a wealth of wrestling knowledge Jayhawk is. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I could do a wrestling history podcast in my sleep probably. That's true. It, it's it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you can you you can tell that annoying Charlie already, but no, no. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. God, I love how I love how they played that off. They're being up on both guys. Hey Tommy, if yeah, you don't know anybody here, you don't have any friend here. And out come PME to make the cave. And that leads the man corner go on the four on four. Let's just do fall count anywhere, motherfucker. 
And we've got fall count anywhere. Eight-man tag. It is the Bitcoin boy, Ethan Wright and the Duke against the Philly Marino experience, Mant Warner and Wildfire Tommy Rich. I never thought I would see those eight names together (laughs) in one match ever. And I'm fucking down for it. Let me tell you about how Mikey was the MVP of this match to me because he took all these huge, ridiculous bumps. He got his ass whooped all over and took it like a champ, man. He was, I was really impressed with Mikey in this match. Yeah, Mikey got whooped up on both those Bitcoin boys, got hammered by Tommy Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it was uh, out of the ring, but I was just like, well, he's whooping up on those two. <laughs> Yeah, I will I, say, seeing young Mikey uh, go beneath the ring to get doors was hilarious because half the doors were bigger than Mikey was. <laughs> I, I am a little bit annoyed at the formula we're getting in the IW where they're going to match that I don't know I want to be until they book it. And then, like, two minutes in, Duke and Crony come out and interfere with it. But they did it with fucking Levi and Hornquaggle in Indianapolis. And now they did it here. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I get it here because as much as I love Tommy Rich, do you really want to see him in a 10-minute single match in 2021? Probably not. But also, it doesn't fit Mance as a character. You know, like you don't want to see Mance fight his WCW heroes, right? right. You want to see him side by side. Like, those are two faces. No, but nobody wants to see that. Plus, Duke gets to wrestle all the stars, the old guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that is Duke's thing, and, I'm, and I am down for that. Duke won the few guys that can match the old timer pro, promo for promo too, realistically. Yeah, for sure. I also just looked at it, I was like, big old Tommy Rich, man. He, I mean, you know, he he's a, he's a big guy. He always was a big guy, and then he's in there throwing around the Bitcoin boys. <laughs> <laughs> man, I bet Bitcoin boys were fucking over the moon for that. <laughs> just being like young and like upcoming, fresh start, and you get to wrestle Tommy Rich. That fucking rules. And I, I got to say, anybody that's, I mean, Tommy Rich seems like he's been around it for as long as he has, and he's still doing it. And you get the sense that he really likes it. Like, you get some of these older guys that you're like, your heart's not in anymore. You're just trying to collect a check, or you've got some ulterior motive. <clears throat> DiBiase. <clears throat> um, but, you know. <laughs> Tommy Rich is, man, I, I just feel like he's genuinely sincere in his love for the sport. No, no surprise how this one ended. Tommy Rich pitting the Duke. Pretty much always what happens when these legends come in and wrestle, <laughs> which is fine. That's the one bit of the formula that I'm down with. I'm okay with that. From there, we have the intermission. And when we come back, we've got a kick man scramble. It is Derek Dillinger with Giggy Haim in the corner. Again, Big Twan Tucker, Braden Lee, Kinky Carrington the fourth, Riley Rogue, and TKD. And can I just say, holy fuck, that pounce the Twan Tucker hit Kinky Carrington with, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that shit was nuts. I'm a huge Monty Brown fan from TNA. And whenever I saw that pounce, I was like, holy shit, this fucking rules. Yeah, I'm a, he, hus- uh, I'm a husky. Yeah. I'm glad Swan they was- caught that on camera, but there's stuff going on in the ring during that. I was afraid that the camera didn't pick that up. Uh, if you guys follow Caden on Twitter, he had, he was right there. He got a great fucking video of it and put it up on his Twitter page. I thought he was dead after that. I was like, they ran over Caden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the way it was originally set up was it was supposed to come right at uh, in, my, in our area where I was at, and then it turned like they they did it the other way t- towards the uh, the other corner. So I was like, oh, thank God, I didn't have to. Have to deal with that. We had other stuff happening later on in the show for us. So I was gonna say, please, please say that it was up to Stacy to catch, uh, to catch him. 
<laughs> I think it would have been had they gone the direction they were originally planning uh, on going. I think we're, either way, they were going to make us move. He was just supposed to eat shit regardless. I don't think anybody <laughs> was to catch him. It was He was just going to eat chairs. That's what that was going to happen. And couldn't that pound happened? I popped real hard for it. I looked at my daughter and went, that is why we're getting on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There was a, there was a, they did this thing that I've learned from listening to IWTV Guide that Jayhawk hates, where two people will be in the ring basically having a little singles match while all the other people are outside. And for a second, it was TKD and Carrington. And I thought that was so much fun until Derek Dellinger came in. That dude is a fucking star. That dude needs to be on like TV now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my main takeaway from watching both AIW shows is Derek Dellinger needs to be on top of the whole crew. Like that dude's phenomenal. And I think we're, we're building to, to him, uh, becoming to that level because he is just, he is there, he's ready. And I think he's going to assume that in the next year, it's going to be, you know, he's, he's getting that rise. So, and, and, and I gotta say, and, and I love Dillinger and I think I, I agree with you both on that. Ziggy Haim is incredible. And I, I, I haven't seen her a lot, but I've seen her. And more and more, I come to this thought where I'm like, this is, she's got a little bit of like Luna Vachon, mm-hmm. but I've never seen a, a, a female wrestler valet. She does everything more like Sherry Martel than Ziggy Haim. And I, I, she's, she's incredible at the ring, at, like at ringside. She'll take the bumps like Sherry would. She's all over the place. She does exactly what she's doing. I was so impressed with with Ziggy in this match and I was just I mean like to me there's no one better there's no better woman in wrestling than Sherry Martel so I I, that is the the biggest compliment I can give anybody but I'm just like she is she's got that thing that that Sherry did yeah that is a hell of a compliment comparing Higgy Heim to Sherry Martel but I can definitely see that comparison absolutely Especially as young as she is. And I mean, I'm like, you've got a long time to get even better at this. I, I don't know. It, 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 I, I was very excited uh, with her performance. And I was just like, this is so cool. I love seeing this. This is so old school and so awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a big, big compliment. And of course, yeah. w- what would a, a match with the production and it be without her getting uh, tossed to the outside onto everybody <laughs> by Derek? Yeah. Uh, absolutely and- love when he when they when they put those together. Uh, this was so much fun. Yeah, and I, I, I loved. I, I have to say, I became very interested in Brayden Lee. I'd not seen him wrestle before. He did a hell of a job. And I wrote down, I was like, this is a match of like kickers versus mat wrestlers versus high flyers versus hosses. And I was like, I'm in for it. Like, put every kind of variant you can think of in one match. Let's go. Braden? I don't know if Braden Lee is a regular in AIW, but when I heard Mr. Clean come on, I'm like, fuck yeah, this dude rules. <laughs> so he's done a few dark matches, and uh, I believe this was like his, uh, might have been his first like full on uh, scramble match on the card, but he, um, he's he been around a bit, and I, I love him. I think he is the, I, I keep saying it on Twitter all the time, he is literally the next AJ Styles, like, but even better like he's just he's got that build he's got the look he can do all that aerial stuff he can mat wrestle like he is so good on the like just doing every facet and uh he's i mean he's literally just waiting for somebody to to see that spark too and he's gonna to the moon with him he's just he's so good he's excellent i've got nothing else if anybody else can anything they want to add 
Uh, nothing much. Uh, I did write down that Ziggy taking what was essentially an Austin bomb to the outside on top of all those people. That <laughs> shit was so cool. And it's just, <laughs> Ziggy just looks like a star. Like the whole package with Derek and Ziggy. I just, I want them everywhere. I want them on top of AIW. I just, I just, there's unlimited potential with those two. It wants Derek Dillinger getting the win, eight minutes and 49 seconds. As he should. <laughs> From there, we get tag team action. This one's fucking good. 40 Acre and the main event. Hell yeah. So, where has the main event been my whole life? They are TV ready right now. Like, they should be on NXT or AEW right now. Yeah, I Why know, are they on the indies? Yeah, I know John Thorne's been trying to get them in for a while, and schedule have never seemed to quite work out with them. But yeah, they've been they've been all over the area. They're really fucking good. They, yeah, they're based out of Pittsburgh. I, I've seen them on a uh, Dropkick Diabetes show. It was my first exposure to them, and I thought they were they looked really good then. That was what three years ago. They did some QCW show when QCW was running too. Yeah, uh, I've seen them at QCW as well, and uh, I know that they just did um, some stuff with AEW Dark. So I know that they are getting a look at by AEW. So. I mean, I don't know how long they'll be around in a in AIW, but uh, I'm happy they're here and uh, definitely could use them with all the crazy tag teams we have. So, if I'm not mistaken, AJ Gray is a part of Forty Acres, right? He is. So, where is he? I believe when these shows happened, he was still getting over an injury. He had like tweaked his knee or something. And I know he's wrestled since then, but I know like he was taking some time off to like heal up. I know he had some injuries. I got you. I got you. I think the last time I called before that would come to make me a weekend stuff. And I don't think he did everything he was supposed to do me a weekend either. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, these guys were phenomenal. Like what a package, what a look they, and, and they can go. And I, I looked them up on cage match, which I don't do a whole lot, but I thought, I was like, they've been around for a few years. They haven't had a ton of matches, which just makes me think that the upside on these two is, I, I can't even imagine. Like it's it's incredible. These guys are going to be stars. They they are just amazing. Now they've got a great presentation, and they make me miss wrestlers wearing gloves. I, I don't know why that I focused on that, but I'm like, wrestlers in gloves is a, such a cool look. Why don't more people have it? Well, and I'm not sure how well that came off watching it on TV either. But they're looking at their forearm pads and calling play like they're like on the football field. Right, that QB, that QB wristband, yeah, that that shit was like the little things. The little things like that make somebody stand out so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they're doing that and then going into double team moves and calling for certain, like they call a certain name out, you they know what it is between them two, but the obviously their opponents don't. That's cool shit like that that makes tag team wrestling really, you know, stand out and be different than a a, just a four guys in the ring kind of thing. And of course, you got to get your Peyton Manning Omaha reference in. <laughs> and I, it's it's part of the reason. I mean, I love tag team wrestling. It's my favorite thing about wrestling, and it's it's so nice to see whenever you see a team that is on the same page in the same ish attire. Like they have things that they do uniquely to them as a tag team. I just I love that. I mean, like there's a lot of great tag team moves, but there's the little stuff, and I think that that that, that uh, main event does that kind of thing which made me really excited to see him twice okay it was 40 acre getting the win in 13 minutes and 57 seconds and that did not feel like a 14 minute match at all no that was real good and the thing is 40 acres won but tme looked great in defeat yep 
and coming off the win the night before against to infinity and beyond on top of it. So they've proven they can hang with the best team AIW got right off the bat. Right. And then we get to the to the match that almost blew the almost imploded the Odium. Forget blowing the roof off. It almost imploded the fucking building. Dominic Garini comes out, and there's a long way for a component, and it's Eddie motherfucking Kingston, and that plank went nuts. You goddamn right it was Eddie Kingston. Let me tell you, I was watching this live at work. I'm not supposed to be watching shit at work, but I was. I was sitting in the corner watching on my phone, and I lost my goddamn mind. In the middle of work for Eddie Kingston. That was the last person I expected. But holy shit. I have three favorite wrestlers. And Eddie Kingston is in them. And he ain't two or three. He is number one. Eddie Kingston is the best wrestler doing it. And I'm so glad Domna got to have this match. Because they fucking kicked ass. Yeah. I I was in another room from my partner. And I yelled so loud. He texted me. He goes, well, the entire building just heard you. Uh, but I was like, this is a dream match I never knew I wanted. But now that it's here, I, this is the only thing I want. It was fucking incredible. At one point, uh, we were ringside with the um, barricade. That barricade was up off the ground on all sides, being slammed up and down at one point because everybody was just losing their minds. It was Wow. My daughter's looking at me like looking for an explanation why everybody's going nuts. And I was having so much trouble breathing from how much I was yelling that I couldn't get out to her. How, what a big deal it was. Dude, he's, he's just incredible. It's, it's also just, I mean, as a fan, it's so good to see him having this, this moment right now. It's so past deserved the time that he should have had it. I I don't know. I just, I, I love that he's getting the respect that he's always, had coming and and on national television now too and he's out there still wrestling with with dom on aiw that's fucking awesome dude he's the best like when it comes to promos nobody can touch him when it comes to wrestling nobody can touch him when it comes to a look like when you see eddie kingston you think this is a real motherfucker nobody can touch him like eddie's just the best and it's been long overdue for him to have a spot on national tv and i'm so glad he's there and i'm so glad that he gets the chance to come back and fight people like dominic greeny and what i love about our fan today iw a lot of people that were returning got welcome back eddie kingston got a welcome home chant yep aiw is always going to be a clone no matter what he's doing elsewhere and like to go along what you were saying there dalton about eddie kingston being the best at everything and i said this on twitter and i and it go for dominic well you may not believe professional wrestling is real, but you believe the two guys are real. And they beat the fuck out of each other for 18 minutes. And they went the best match of the goddamn weekend by far. 100%. There was, match of the year for me. I mean, it, it, Dominic, I don't want to like overshadow him at all. I mean, God, he did so well. That was a hell of a match. I mean, I, every minute of it. When I watched it back, it was I, I watched back the, the, the matches uh, a couple of days ago to get ready for this. And that is the only match that I not only watched the whole way through, like every single minute, a couple of them I like skipped ahead a little bit just because I had already watched them. That one I went back, watched again, and then I would rewind parts and watch it again. So like I, I was just like, this is this is a piece of art. This is incredible. This was so good. Beyond words. Speaking of art, there was a part where they're exchanging Kawada kicks, right? And Dom rising up after the Kawada kicks, the camera angle that they got on Dom and him just rising up looking fucking pissed off. That shit was <laughs> badass. It made Dom look like a bad motherfucker. And just, like everything about this match, like it, just, it was so good. And it's everything that wrestling should be. And I loved and, it. 
It's a it's the best Dom Greeny match I've ever seen. I uh one of my buddies at work, he's a big WWE fan and like he knows some of the like he watches AEW here and there. So when I told him like that Eddie Kingston wrestled Dom, he knows like that I, I like both those guys and I was like, I will show you the match at the end of the day. At the end of the day I put it on and we sat there and watched it and he was like, That was fucking awesome. I was like, Yeah, that's what that's what I like to go to. I was like, That's why you need to start coming to shows. So now with like restrictions possibly getting loosened up here, hopefully we can get more people. Cause like, I'm not trying to grab other tickets for other people. Like it's hard enough for me to try to grab my own ticket when stuff's going on with the hundred tickets. So I, uh, I told him once things are kind of more open and it's easier to get tickets, I'll, uh, I'll hook him up and bring him with me one time. So. Hell yeah. Listen, before I met all you lunatics, I was soloing a lot of shows because I didn't have a ton of other friends that were into wrestling. And so I would bring coworkers who had no experience in wrestling to live shows. I'd be like, I'm going to buy you a ticket. Come with me. It was coworkers. It was mostly women, not exclusively, but we'd go and they would have such a fun time that I'm like, I am going to be a wrestling evangelical. I'm going to go spread the word. (laughs) I'm going to recruit fans because they have such a good time. But I just think like this match in particular, I don't think there's anybody who's watched the sport or hasn't watched it. That wouldn't have lost their mind. Like it was just that good that you didn't have to know anything about either of these guys. If you just went in with a blank slate and watched these two guys beat the ever loving hell out of each other, you would have been impressed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we can relate much more than that. Eddie Kingston gets the win. Then cut the promo game that he will win the AEW world title and he will be wrestling in AIW as the AEW world champion. I am here for it. Man. I'll get some heat for this, but Eddie Kingston greater than Kenny Omega. I'm just going to fucking say it. <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, he's the best. <laughs> he can't be better than the best. 100%. I think he's, he's such a better performer on so many different levels. Yeah. It's just, hey, you know, Kenny looks the part of a old school blonde curly haired pro wrestler. Yeah, I, I'm, not don't get not, me wrong. I'm I'm not even knocking Yeah, I'm not I'm gonna I'm not gonna knock Kenny Omega either if our in ring ability, but you can't tell me Kenny Omega ever cut a promo anywhere near believe what Eddie Kingston ever done. Nope. And and Eddie Kingston right. can go on top of it. Like I I I'm sorry, Eddie Kingston is money. Yeah, when Eddie speaks, I believe it. And that doesn't happen for any other wrestler except for I don't know, maybe a Samoa Joe. Like when Eddie Kingston speaks, like as a like an older fan, like that just scratches that itch that I've been having for so long to have something be believable. You know what I mean? I think my favorite thing uh, is being in the crowd when somebody tries to start shit with Eddie and he's in their ring. Uh, <laughs> it's always the best because he will fucking shred them. It's like you know these people don't know what the fuck they're getting into. They're drunk. They don't know. They don't know who they're talking to, and they run them their mouths. And Eddie just fucking eviscerates them and it's the best every time it happens like it happened at an akron show and the guy was like standing behind me so eddie was like looking my way and i was like man if somebody was talking to me that way i'd be fucking scared like yeah. this uh, i mean alcohol or not like scary <laughs> i was just say don't undersell dom on that either because he was jaw jacking and i noticed it the first time and watched it the second time i was like that's terrifying because dom oh yeah We'll, we'll break every bone in your face uh, if he wanted to. And he's yeah. a nice guy, so he won't. But he starts calling you out. Mm, no, no, thank you. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Uh, Dom, I think, has this vicious side to him that luckily we don't have to see too often. Uh, we just get to see sweet Dom Greeny 
Uh, but that vicious side, when it comes out, like I would not want to be on the other end of that. I think that that's it's just terrifying. A, yeah, that's just a bad place to be. That's a bad Friday night. So I have a question as somebody that doesn't follow AIW a lot. When the fuck are they going to bring in Kevin Koo? We're going to get violence forever in AIW. So I've bothered them so like a handful of times about this. I think everybody has. I mean, even Summers has, has bothered them about this because we love Koo. Uh, in AIW, Dom is a solo act he he does not have a tag partner aiw is something different than what every other indie does so i don't think we will see ku uh if we do it'd be a huge surprise um because it's been very much said several times that just they want it to be different they want dom to be different in aiw than being a tag team everywhere else and being a tag team there they don't it that's just from what i've been told so Okay, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, I'm but, not happy about that answer either. Trust me, I would love to see them be there. Uh, but yeah, that's I I, I really want to see Ku and AIW. I think even if they brought him in as a singles guy and just you know had him on the roster doing other stuff, maybe not teaming with Dom, but just doing other stuff, I'd be happy too. Uh, but I mean, you'd only fall back on the tag team at a storyline down the line, right? If you want to do something, you know, but I mean, but look at that tag team division already. It, it is, it is forever. It's already a stacked tag team division who gets lost in the shuffle. Violent can forever become a full-time tag, but team I don't think, I, I don't think anybody would. I think that that just elevates that tag division even further, but yeah, I, I agree. I digress. <laughs> Okay, go. We go. We then go to our main event, which Eddie Kingston spoiled and pissed Steve Guy off with. <laughs> and I tried to tell Steve, Steve, we know we know who's in the building. Like we knew that was pretty much the match at this point. But it is for both the absolute and the intense championship under intense rule. Joshua Bishop with Wes Barkley in the corner, defending against Matthew Justin with Fonke in the corner, and the, and the weapon won <laughs> between the table <laughs> and the fucking door. They didn't want to break the weapon won this match. Uh, poor Wes Barkley, man. Whenever uh, uh, Fonzie straight up dropped him on his fucking head, like when I saw that live, I was like, "Oh no, is he okay?" Yeah, I, I'm very good about with AIW not taking video on my phone because I know they do the DVD release and stuff. But I call Fonzie cutting for the beer through the door. I'm like, I want to get thing. I put the phone up, and the fucking door wouldn't break. I'm like, God damn it! It's your fault, Jayhawk. If you wouldn't have been filming, they would have broke. No problem. That's what it is. Yeah, you I, jinxed it. I did put the clip up on Twitter the next day, and the first person to like it was Joy Janela, who doesn't follow me. I'm like, I have no idea how you, you liked it so fast. That's weird. Yeah. I, I I think the biggest shame of that match is what you're talking about. Is like most people talk about the door spot after a brutal match. It was like all about Wes and, you know, Alfonso not breaking that door over and over again. And then Bishop and justice, not breaking the table over and over again. That tombstone was so fucking gross, dude. Like when he landed it and it was like, he just like was slumped over. Like it looked gross from my angle. And I'm like, okay, just pin him after that. You don't have to try to break it anymore. Just pin him. It was the grossest looking thing. Nothing's going to top that. And then he fucking set the table up at the quarter. Fucking. I was like, he tried the power bomb and then he did the corner. I'm like, Oh my God, it just was worse. Just pin him. Just pin him. Just pin him. Also, he's dead. Spot. He's already fucking dead. Just pin him. Oh my God. It's like I'm trying to stand in front of my daughter when they got the table up there. That's my corner. And Steve's like trying to get me to go off the stage, get away from it. I'm like, Steve, I'm more worried about her than me. Like, don't worry about me right now. Oh, to me, man. the worst of it all was when they had the double tables on the outside and he dove on them and like he just spilled over the table. It didn't even break it. Like, yeah, the one <laughs> table didn't break. Yeah. But the, the one yeah. did. I was like, oh my God. 
And then, like, we got Bill tossed into, like, our laps in front of us. Uh, so we were trying to check on him, make sure he was okay, because I was like, oh, my God, did he break his ankle? Because, like, his ankles hit the guardrail pretty rough. Uh, yeah. So that was no, scary. It, 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 was, it, was, it, was a, it was a good match. It was a ton of fun. I liked seeing it. Josh Bishop is, like, the future. I mean, he, you know, I know we were talking a bunch about Derek Dillinger, but, man, Josh Bishop is ready to go today. Like he looks good. He he's just incredible in the ring and that's not diminishing justice at all. Justice is just, it's been one of my favorites for a while. Yeah, well, you guys didn't get on the air, but they, they went off the air right after the match, but Justin caught on the microphone afterward and basically got the same thing. It's like, I'm Funk and I are going away for a little bit. We'll be back, but it's Josh Bishop time. Yeah, it's the intense era. So yeah, which it, I think it's good. Like it's, I think it's time for them to wrap up their, their program. You know, mm-hmm. they, well, they've, Clashed a bunch. I think that Bishop and Justice, I know it's been said to death. I'm going to say it again, but they suffer from not being able to live up to that one spot that they did where Bishop and Justice went off the balcony. And that's the craziest thing they ever did. And no matter how many matches they have, they're not going to be able to top that spot. So, you know, I think the the no rope barbed wire was definitely up there with it. But yeah, the, the going off the balcony. Like when they, when Eddie kind of spoiled that, I was like, okay, I was like, I was kind of let down, but at the same time, I'm like, well, it's still going to be a good match. Like they, they're not going to top going off the balcony. I was like, unless they try to do off the balcony again. And I honestly thought that where they and were I was going like, after about the, I felt like it could have been possible. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't think they'll do it again. I don't think Thorne would let them do it again, but I was like, this could get hairy. And, uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed what they did. So I was like, I wasn't disappointed with that main event. Like it wasn't a surprise main event, but I was happy. Like the, the match we, they had was really fun. And it like, I've, by the time, like the match ended, I was like, I didn't even remember like being disappointed. I was like, this was just a blast. This was just another match in that ch- in like, you know, their book. And I was like, this is a good closing point. We'll see him down the road. Maybe we'll get something else crazy out of him down the road, or, you know, maybe we won't. Yeah, I will. Okay, though, knowing those two guys, Thorne might have told them, don't go off the balcony, and they might have got, and could have Thorne walked out of the room, they could have gone, okay, we're going off the balcony. How? Right. Knowing those two guys. <laughs> if they wanted to do it, well, they, if, they, if Thorne wasn't going to tell them no, Thorne would tell them no, and they'd be like, yeah, agree with Thorne. We're going to do it. <laughs> and it would get a big pop, think- and Thorne would be okay with that after effect going, motherfucker, looking at me next time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I, I, it felt to me it was like the perfect way, the perfect man event to end two nights of AIW's return. Mm-hmm. You know, like you weren't, it, 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 it was just, it was solid. It's two of AIW's biggest stars, arguably the biggest stars in AIW, like the regulars. And it, it's just, it's a, it was a hell of a match. These guys have met before. You know, it's not anything that anybody hadn't seen before, but it's a different twist. So I, I thought it was a great ending to to the whole two nights of the return post COVID. Yeah, I've got no argument with that at all. So uh, as we wrap up the review, we always go thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> two thumbs up for me. There's just. Uh, in the COVID era, there has been a lot of wrestling shows that I've been able to get into because of the crowd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this felt like the first post-COVID show. You know what I mean? Like, just the crowd was hot. The crowd was there. There was reactions all night. And it's just, it felt nice for wrestling to feel like wrestling again. Yeah, I give it a big thumbs up. I, I think that it was, it, it, it was the perfect show uh, to kind of get everyone excited about wrestling with a crowd again, you know, and about AIW 
specifically. Like it was just like, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. After seeing that, I immediately bought tickets for the 18th of June because I'm like, I want to be part of this. This is, this is what wrestling was. We might've forgotten over the last 14 months. And there's been some compromised shows in terms of attendance, but I'm like, this is what I've missed this whole time. Let's do it again. I, I loved it. Everything. I loved every match really. And truly, uh, you know, some more than others, but what a what a show, top to bottom. I got a feeling it's going to end up being a unanimous run of the <laughs> yeah, table that's here. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it before I asked, but it's a formality. We always do it, so we had to do it. I mean, you and I have been pranking the show on Twitter for two weeks straight now. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I bought a plane ticket to fly from Georgia to Ohio to see the next AIW show. If that gives you any indication of how I felt about this one, <laughs> yeah, that's that's huge, man. That's it's awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, I can honestly say I've never bought a plane ticket just to go to a wrestling show. A convention or two, yeah. Yes. <laughs> a show by it? No, no. I, I could say I've never bought a ticket to go to Cleveland, Ohio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've been to Cleveland a couple of times, and I like the city, so I'm very excited. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, do you have any plugs? You can find us on <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, where else you get your podcast. Our name is If You Catch My Grift, and we cover all sorts of con men, carnies, grifters, con artists, scammers, all of the like. You can find us on Twitter at Catch My Grift Pod. You can find Austin on Twitter at Austin Agogo. You can find me on Twitter at Catch Dalton. See, Dalton's our hype guy. That's what he does. <laughs> And, and our all- editor and producer. He does a lot. <laughs> and go away. You can find me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539, and Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Also, check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, It's Evolution Baby, and If You Catch My Grift. And our other non-podcasting friends, pwponderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Set Tab Photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles, Action Wrestling, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and Southern Underground Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone. Yeah.
what you're doing to me This MTV is not for free It's so PC is killing me So desperately I'll sing the other love Shove it off so raging Pain and pain and fear itself And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf I've tried, well no doubt I lied It'd be frank to suicide But I got too much pride inside You'll hide or slide I'll do as I'll decide And let it ride until I die And only then shall I abide This fight to catch little tunes I forget the minute ditties I wanna bust all your balloons I wanna burn all of your cities to the ground I found I will not mess around Unless I play And hey, I will go on all day Here when I say I have a prayer to pray That's really all this was When I'm feeling stuck in the air If I got no Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Network? What are you doing here?